Well, first up, I was at the grocery store this afternoon, as I sometimes do in the afternoon in between uh, getting ready for the show. And I noticed that even in the past few weeks, the prices of some stuff that are usually pretty stable have started to go up as well. Food prices were a major factor in new inflation numbers out today, 7.7% in May, something we haven't seen in nearly 40 years. We have to go all the way back to 1983. Thriller had just come out. Imagine how long ago that is. Grocery bills up by 9.7% over the past year. It's all uh, factoring into these high inflation rates. What's really driving it, though, literally is gas prices. They rose by 12% in the month of May alone, the biggest jump in two decades, and are up 48% compared to where they were last year. Well, we're certainly not alone. The UK saw an even bigger jump, 9.1%. It's 8.6% in the US. You understand this is a global issue and the solutions, at least locally, are not easy. But there are people or leaders trying to do what they can, at least for political reasons, uh, if anything else. President Biden called on Congress today to suspend federal gasoline and diesel taxes for three months. Here's what he had to say. Today, I'm calling on Congress to suspend the federal gas tax for the next 90 days through the busy summer season, busy travel season. Apparently, that would save uh, consumers roughly 3.6% at the pump, apparently, if those savings were passed on to consumers. That means the UK, Italy, Germany, France, Japan, every other G7 nation has done something around uh, gas prices. Canada, though, has not. We could be the only G7 member not to have if uh, Congress approves the president's request. And the opposition conservatives in Ottawa think Canada should do something. Trevor Tome is, is, is out there from the University of Calgary saying that there was a actual drop in Alberta's inflation rate because one of the key, point, the key inputs to inflation is gasoline. So this is a way that we can both fight inflation and give people uh, a break at the pumps so that they can pay for the important essentials that their families need. That's Conservative MP Dan Albas. Uh, joining me now with more is Jean-François Perrault. He's a Senior Vice President and Chief Economist at Scotiabank. Thanks for your time tonight. You're very welcome. So lots of things driving uh, inflation up in the month of May, but gas prices really uh, at the top. Uh, is that, uh, I, I guess we're not seeing any relief. It really is gas prices and energy prices, and we're seeing it right across the board in transportation and so forth. True. Uh, I mean, there's no question. Gas for gasoline prices have, have risen perhaps most, uh, the, actually have risen the most of almost any other uh, item in the consumer price index. But it's, you know, it's not just a gasoline story. There's a broad-based increase in prices that we've observed over the last several months and that accelerated to some extent this month. So while we, you know, we're, we're, we're zeroed in on gas prices because we see them every day as we drive by the, by the, by the gas station, there is, there is, excuse me, um, you know, a pretty, there's a lot of there's a lot of oomph to to the inflation numbers that we've been seeing in the last several months. Yeah, where else is that oomph coming from? Oh my goodness, everything. Um, you know, housing, rent, food, um, transportation, price of vehicles, uh, healthcare services, air travel. Uh, it's just it's just it's something it's something like about seventy five percent of the individual components of the consumer price index are rising by more than 3% a year. And of course, that remember seems, the, yeah. the, the bank of Canada target. So our kind of ambition on the inflation front is for inflation of 2%. So there's just a tremendous amount of upward pressure across the board. What seems, what seems most astounding from a non-economist point of view, such as mine is just how quickly 
this is all accelerating. I mean, it's like watching prices go up uh, in real time sometimes when you're at the grocery store or you're in different places. I mean, it's you're seeing things change almost month by month. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when inflation is, is you know, 7 8%, which is basically what it is now, um, you know, it, it, you need a whole lot of components to just accelerate at a reasonably rapid pace. And, and certainly, you know, if you go back to, say, the end of last year, you know, inflation was about, you know, slightly under 5%. So we've accelerated almost, um, you know, 25 3% in just, in just four or five months, which is, which is an astoundingly rapid pace of increase. Now, part of, that is, part of that is, you know, because of things like gasoline, right? So there's no question, for instance, that the war in Ukraine, which happened only three months ago, or began only three months ago, had a, you know, a pretty significant impact on the price of oil, price of gasoline, which, of course, we're paying for in real time same thing to some extent on some of the food elements um by the way food prices are probably going to keep rising as we get through the summer because one of the consequences of the war in ukraine was a pretty significant increase in the price of fertilizer which is now being used to plant crops which will eventually be be uh you know uh, cultivated later on in the summer um but you're right there the 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 speed at which prices have come up is is something that we have not experienced in you know 30 40 years and I imagine that it, it doesn't hurt everyone equally, right? I mean, we we know that people with lower incomes have less room to move. Yeah, and this this must be. I mean, just just was looking at some stats today about how much purchase power people with lower incomes have been losing now through these last months. Absolutely, I mean, inflation inflation really is a tax, right? It, it, there's no question it, it erodes purchase power, and and um, you know the, this, the the sad reality is that lower-income households consume a greater proportion of their income. And therefore, when you increase the price of the things that you're consuming, it hurts them more and, and, and quite a bit more. You know, estimates of purchasing power might have fallen by something like 10% for the, 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 the kind of the, the poorest of Canadians relative to, say, the richest of Canadians whose purchasing power might have fallen 2 or 3% in, uh, as a result of the inflation that we're seeing. So there's no question it's regressive. Absolutely no question. We saw Christy Freeland, the, Freeland, the finance minister, last week talk about some of what the federal government is doing. At least it's targeting some stuff towards those very same people who will mm-hmm. be hurt hardest uh, by inflation. But you were quoted as saying that they're not doing, uh, quote, doing nothing of, of significance to slow inflation at the moment. Uh, why is that? Or what, why, why, uh, what was the purpose of that statement? What, uh, what's behind it? So, it's, I mean, it's, 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 really, it's really tricky. At the end of the day, to control inflation, you've got to lower growth. Um, so that, I mean, it's a simple, it's a, I mean, of course, there are things like oil prices and things that are beyond our control that affect inflation. But if you're trying to reduce inflation, um, you effectively have to reduce economic activity. So inflation has got to hurt. And, and central bank has raised the raise interest rates again to bring inflation down, but to bring inflation down by lowering growth. So when you, when you are a politician and you're trying to help households out, uh, help them deal with the high cost of living, the natural tendency is to is to provide some financial help, right? To, you know, you give a check to certain certain types of people. You you put in place policies to lower the cost of uh, certain things. Maybe you put in place kind of a gas tax rebate. Um, those are measures that, you know, while they help individuals or certain groups of individuals manage inflation a little bit more easily. At the end of the day, what you're doing, though, as a government, is putting more money into the economy, and and you're 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 kind of you're helping raise growth in doing that. So you're running against 
for instance, what the Bank of Canada is trying to do. Whereas the right solution to bring inflation down sustainably is to slow economic activity, is to, if you're the government, instead of giving more money to people, you got to take a little money away. you got to reduce your spending, which, of course, is incredibly difficult to do politically. I mean, it, you know, it's how do you, how do you tell Canadians you're helping them out by giving them less uh, in an environment where they, they, they feel they need help? So it's a very, very tricky political situation. But the right economic policy to lower inflation on a sustainable basis is you've got to find ways to slow economic activity. And, and you're, if you're the government, you know, you can do that by lowering uh, your spending. Which we haven't seen, which we haven't seen no, much of yet, a little bit, but, 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 but not much, not much. I'm speaking with Jean-François Perrault. He's the Senior Vice President and Chief Economist at Scotiabank. Uh, we're talking about those new inflation numbers out today for the month of May, 7.7% up, uh, the the highest we've seen, uh, biggest jump we've seen since 1983, uh, which is a long time ago now. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more about uh about that proposal to uh, to cut gas taxes, because it certainly has a lot of people talking, even President Biden today asking for it. Uh, we'll see if it would make any sense here, because the demand continues. That's up. That's now. Jean-François Perrault, the Senior Vice President and Chief Economist at Scotiabank, is with us this half hour. We're talking about uh, new inflation numbers out today. 7.7%, uh, the annual pace of inflation in May, the highest since 1983. I know we're all seeing it uh, every day, no matter where we pull out our wallets or pull out our credit cards, better yet. Um, uh, Jean-Francois, one of the things that's been talked about a lot recently is this idea of cutting cutting gas taxes. I mean, Joe Biden has talked about it today. He's asking Congress for a cut, at least for a few months. We've seen other jurisdictions do different things. Lots of people in this country asking or at least inquiring about it. Uh, the federal government saying it's not in the cards, at least not for now. Uh, fiscally, is it a good idea? I mean, it's not, excuse me, it's, uh, it would certainly provide a little bit of assistance uh, to the extent that it reduces, obviously, the, the cost of paying gas. So it would free up a little bit of money on part households, which, um, you know, is not clear that I would actually help reduce broader inflation because, of course, if households end up with more money, that runs, again, counter to the Bank of Canada's efforts to try and, and rein spending in. Uh, but but equally importantly, you know, gasoline goes directly into the consumer price index. So if you change the price of gasoline, you are effectively changing the level of inflation in the country. So um, it would have a direct impact on inflation. There's no question that it would reduce inflation in the month in which that thing is introduced. Um, but, you know, you're only targeting a small part of the consumer price basket. There is, a, as said at the outset, a much broader inflation trend uh, going around. And, and, you know, the reality is that probably changing the gas tax or cutting it by a lot or little um, would, would have a little bit of a kind of a sugar high effect that, you know, you'd feel good about it in the first month and then, and then you'd lose kind of the impact on inflation dynamics beyond that first month and you still be left with dealing um, or you still be dealing with the, trying to deal with the underlying causes of, of high inflation, which are at the end of the day, um, increasingly uh, a very strong economy that needs to be reined in. I guess right now that's left to the Bank of Canada. What, would, what do we expect in June now that we've seen these uh, these inflation numbers today? I guess what everyone was predicting, another hike, uh, is all but certain. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, the Bank of Canada is on a tightening path. There's no question about that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So the, the next meeting... Um, they're probably going to move by 75 basis points, so so three quarters of a percent, which is what the Federal Reserve did a couple of weeks ago. 
Um, and that is, you know, an indication of how concerned, uh, firstly, the Bank of Canada is about the inflation situation, how much with monetary stimulus they need to withdraw, and also, effectively, how far behind the curve they are in controlling inflation. Right? you got to keep in mind, again, the Bank of Canada target is 2%. There's a control inflation control range around that of plus or minus one, so the range is one to three, and we're almost at eight. <laughs> if if you if you were you know a kid bringing home a report card, and you were graded on uh, you know trying to achieve a specific result, and you were so far off, you know your parents wouldn't be very happy with you. <laughs> No, and I remember not far, far back when everyone was saying, and this goes, you know, from the heads of the pension funds to the Bank of Canada governor was everyone was talking about this as being a transit, you know, a temporary thing. Inflation will be temporary. It's just a post-COVID thing. It's, you know, it's just sort of emerging from the pandemic supply chain issues and so on. Don't worry, it'll go away fast. Well, it doesn't feel like it now, does it? No, absolutely not. And, 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 and like, I mean, there has to be a big mail cup here. Like much of actually all of the economic and financial community got it wrong. Um, central banks, I think, came to that realization that they were off track in terms of the story a little bit later than most, and that's part of the problem. But but the underlying issue on this kind of transitory perspective, so you're right, about a year ago, you know, we saw inflation accelerating. Of course, it wasn't near where it is now, but there was a sense that this was kind of the kind of post-pandemic um, uh, you know, acceleration inflation that would unwind as as we got further and further away from the pandemic. The reality was, and is clear now, it was less clear at the time because we didn't have that much data, but you know, what happened last year, for instance, is the global economy um, you know, proved to be extremely robust, very, very rapid rates of growth across the world, and that put up with pressure on prices, very simply. I mean, the global production system was trying to keep up with demand. It just wasn't able to do it because demand was rising so fast, so it created inflation. And, and that inflation ended up being, that strength in demand relative to supply was much more persistent than we thought, and that created more persistent inflation than we thought. If I hear you correctly, then uh, consumers should be ready for more of these rising prices. The Bank of Canada will indeed uh, hike interest rates and the government, the federal government at least, but others as well, should do everything they can to resist dumping money on this problem because it won't help. Yeah, pretty much so. I mean, we do think inflation is going to slow, um, yep. but you know, it is it, inflation is going to remain uncomfortably high probably for another year. Jean-François Perrault, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on.